0: Welcome back to the reading and writing podcast. My guest today is Sherry Thomas, author of the new novel, Miss Moriarty, I Presume, the sixth novel in the Lady Sherlock mystery series. Sherry, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Jeff.
0: Thank you. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel, Miss Moriarty, I Presume, How would you describe the novel? And also, how would you describe your Lady Sherlock mystery mystery series? (coughs) Sorry.
1: Not a problem. You're all right?
0: Yeah, I'm fine.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, talking too much also would also make me uh, cough uh, from time to time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, so the uh, the Lady Sherlock series uh, is a... uh, uh, a historical mystery series that has for its central conceit, uh, the question that what if, uh, uh, the fictional Sherlock Holmes, uh, his adventures and memoirs were actually inspired by the, uh, life and deeds of a woman, uh, uh, uh a Victorian woman named Sharon Holmes. Uh, and, uh, so we asked that question and, uh, and everything that followed through, um, was kind of the, 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 what was for me the logical outcome of asking that basic question. What if someone with the, uh, with the mind at the temperament of Sherlock Holmes was actually born a woman in the time he lived. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and we've had uh, uh, five books and uh, book six has just come out and uh, it, I don't know much about any story or series going into the writing of it, kind of like I discovered as I write it. But one thing I did want to know uh, was that I didn't want to uh, get rid of my Moriarty too early. So to that end, I didn't even bring Moriarty on screen too early. So this is the first time he comes on stage as a major character. But I also didn't want him to bring him him in immediately as a challenger to Sherlock Holmes as a as a uh, obvious adversary uh he the the entire the entire series has taken uh, place against the backdrop uh of the shadowy Moriarty and his organization but um, but I didn't want the effort to be too open and uh so so I thought, oh, it would be fun if he actually came as a potential client, someone who you know like anyone else comes to sh- um Comes to uh, Sherlock Holmes, aka Charlotte Holmes, uh, uh, looking for looking for help. And uh, so, uh, so, and his problem was that he's not sure what's going on with his daughter, who lives in a remote uh, occult, uh, remote community of occult practitioners. And uh, he wants Charlotte to go find out uh, um, what's happened to his daughter. And Charlotte and company are like, well. This is problematic for us on, on many different levels because they do not know um what whether there is a Miss Moriarty whether there she has any problems or whether this is a ruse um uh, this is a ruse of uh, Moriarty's part uh, a nefarious ruse so this so this is just a um, interesting adventure slash mystery uh, to that end for them to find out what's the truth out every front.
0: Well you mentioned how this is kind of a uh retake of the Sherlock Holmes mysteries as mystery as Sherlock as a woman do you orig- do you remember the original impetus that led you to writing the first lady Sherlock mystery
1: yes um i i first wanted to write a Sherlock Holmes uh to write some work in a Sherlock Holmes prestige the the expanded universe where you know other people take take up uh the character of Sherlock Holmes and do what they what they can with it. Um, I first wanted to write my own Sherlock Holmes story when I read uh, Laurie R. King's uh, Beekeeper's Apprentice, the first book in her Mary Russell Sherlock Holmes series, and I thought uh, in that series she gave uh, she gave Sherlock Holmes a young female partner with a mind and a temperament, you know, equal to his own. And I thought that was such an interesting and refreshing take on the um, on the old Kevin. And I was I thought, I oh, I would love to do something like this. But at the time, I hadn't written a mystery yet and I wasn't sure I could do it. And uh, so, and also I was busy. I just had my, uh I just became a published writer in historical romance and I was going to grad school at the same time. Um, so that, you know, that just sat for a while until BBC Sherlock came along. And I thought the first couple of seasons really had a whole lot of creative energy uh, in them. And they they were a fantastic take on the old canon. And, uh, and by the time I was also more ready to take out uh, writing mysteries and, uh, and I thought, okay, what else can I bring to this that's new? So um, BBC and uh, CBS both already had modern Sherlock's and uh, CBS uh, Elementary uh, had Watson it as women. So I thought the only thing logical left to do seemed to ask the question, okay, what would happen if we make Sherlock Holmes a, a woman, you know, the, the character, original character, a woman? And, uh, and I had first wanted to be contemporary YA, but my YA editor said she didn't think mystery so to YA. So then when I thought I'll pitch this to my, uh, adult publisher, then it became very obvious it has to be historical and to take place in the same era as original Sherlock Holmes. Um, partly because, uh, I've been writing other books in that era and also familiar with that era and added the question of what. You know, what would Sherlock Holmes do if he was born a woman? And growing up in that era became that much more interesting because of all the constraints he would have faced.
0: And do you remember the first time that you read the original Sherlock Holmes stories?
1: I actually cannot remember exactly um, whether I first saw him on TV or read the original books. It happened at around the same time. Uh we uh it was it was the mid 80s in China and uh chi- China Central Television had just purchased some programming from the BBC. And so so I didn't realize until many years later that what I was watching on TV, uh the Sherlock Holmes series with uh Jeremy Brett was like very new just then. I thought it must be from the 70s or 60s, but no, it was like from the early 80s. Uh and I was I was uh I was watching it in the mid-80s, eighty five or eighty-six around that time. And also, around that time was when my grandfather Bo, uh, borrowed some um, uh, translated adventures Sherlock Holmes, the old stories from his uh, from the library at his at the medical college where he was a professor, and I had uh, I had read those. So I cannot remember what came first, but it was it was all good. I I loved everything, you know Sherlock Holmes, at, the, at that time.
0: Um. And so, how does your Charlotte Charlotte Holmes differ from the original Sherlock Holmes?
1: Mm, interesting. I think her mind, her observational powers, and the way her mind works is very much the same. Uh, but I gave her a completely different appearance. I, at first, uh, made her like look more or less what you would think Jeremy Brett would look like. <laughs> <as Superman. laughs> and then I wrote about a page and half of it and I was bored. Uh, and I was like, no, this is no fun. Um, so I turned her the complete physical opposite. She became a, uh, uh she became blonde and um, you know pleasantly plump instead of like you know like a tall and lean kind of a character and she has this uh, very um, very innocent, sweet looking face, a big white eyes, like basically and an hourglass figure. So people who pick her, uh the first thing they they would think about is never, wow, there's a, there's a you know, razor sharp line there. So it's it's always something else. And then uh and then to find out that she, you know, is this uh basically terrifying uh observer who knows everything about you, you know, even all the things you don't want to be known from from a single glance. And uh, and I also have uh, I also have thought to myself, because I gave her a family, but we're never quite sure what kind of um family upbringing Sherlock folks had in the original. Whatever people deduced by him would like kind of like from. How he conducted himself that they guessed that he was, uh, either upper gentry or lower aristocracy and, <clears throat> and, and all that. So I gave, uh, um, I gave, uh, I, I took that and, and kind of added a, a Jake Austin element to it. So I was like, four daughters, impoverished, uh, impoverished, uh, you know, low, lowest level of aristocracy. The father's a very and, uh, and like the father's kind of like, unreliable and the mother is also kind of unreliable. So, so kind of like, but she had, she had one very good sister who looked after her and who both admires and, and, and shelters her at the same time. She's a young, uh, Charlotte Holmes is the youngest child. So, um, so I, I give it that. So I kind of, I kind of wonder how she would have grown up. Uh, would, would that have made her a little milder? Would that have made her a little more empathetic? Uh, would that have made her, you know, more aware of, what other people faced, because she has to face some of, the, some of the things that Sherlock Holmes never did.
0: So are you working on another Sh- Lady Sherlock novel now?
1: I am. I am. I am working on the uh, seventh one in the series. Uh, people keep asking me, is this the last one? And I was like, no, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think the seventh is the last one either.
0: And have you sat down? I think you said earlier you didn't really plan the series. Have you sat down at this point and thought about um, the series and where it's going and how many you might be writing?
1: I always thought I would like to write at least 10 books in a series. Uh, or at least uh, I felt, even before I started, even before I knew anything about I felt 10 to 12 would seem like a large whole uh, length for a book with a larger story arc. Uh, partly because, maybe because I... I'm a fan of the Louise, Penis, uh, Louise Penny's uh, Inspector Galash series, and the, the first major story arc in that series resolved in about 10 or 11 books, so I always thought, yeah, that, that seems like uh, the way to go. Um, and mostly uh, mostly the way my series, my stories string together is in the writing of each installment. Um, I, I, I try not to say too much about what each character is or isn't beyond what's necessary for the current story and so that as each story adds up we can discover more about their past and more about uh what could be happening to them now. Uh so it's it's actually built brick by brick. Uh but I have a general feeling of what should be there and what doesn't need to be there. So it's kind of yes. The, yeah, we're driving in the dark, but we have GPS.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so you talked about growing up in China and reading the original Sherlock Holmes stories in Chinese. I'm curious, what was your initial writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Because obviously you're writing in English and you're being published by American publishers. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to writing?
1: Yes, uh, what I got mean to write it was a singular event. Uh, basically it was, it was, uh, uh, the longer it happened, the more improbable and absolutely, uh, crazy it seems <laughs> in, in, in retrospect. <laughs> but, uh, basically I, uh, I, I think the last time I thought seriously of being a writer and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it was I was in fifth grade, and I thought fifth or sixth grade, and I thought oh, maybe I would like to be a writer of children's literature. Uh, you know, basically what I was reading at the time—children's um, literature—and uh, and I'm sure that lasted very long because <laughs> I was also thinking of becoming an astrophysics uh, uh, physicist at the time, and it turned out I didn't like physics as much as I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so none of it was was very serious. I was just uh, a, a good student
3: without a particular um, vision of what I would become. And you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
2: With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: And then what ended up happening was, was uh, I became a stay-at-home mother almost as soon as I graduated from college. And uh, when my son, uh, when my, uh, my um, one was one and a half, I uh, took him to the library and uh, uh, got a uh, a book that by a historical romance author that I had read and enjoyed many times uh, before. And on that day, however, the book disagreed with me violently. And uh, <laughs> and uh, by the time my husband came home, I read it during my son's nap time. By the time my husband came home, I was, you know, my mind was set. I said to him, "Hey, you know, uh, this book, I really hated it, but it's still." uh a New York Times bestseller Um, uh, you know, I wonder if I could uh if I could just sit at home and write books and make some money that way we don't have to, you know, <laughs> find additional childcare and I don't have to get a wardrobe and don't go work as a bank teller in the bank because my undergrad major was economics and you can't really do anything with ec- economics major. It was always intended for grad school and you know with a little kid at home I wasn't going really to grad school anytime soon. Um and uh he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything in opposition. He's just like sure if you know if you want to do it, go ahead. Uh and so, like I said, the longer, the longer it recedes in the past, the more improbable it became that your life just changed in one afternoon. And I actually am um, not a very persistent person, normally. Usually, I start something and then just drop it if I don't like it. <laughs> 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 and uh, and 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 I picked this up and I stuck with it for eight years before um, I got my first uh, New York publishing contract. This was again, this was in the Jurassic era before self-publication public was a viable option. Uh, and, uh, so it took eight years for me to get my first publishing contract. And then, uh, after that, it just seemed like, okay, I better get another contract uh, since uh this job seems pretty okay. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm curious, uh, how long, can you remember how long was it after you had that epiphany that afternoon in the library and told your husband, how long after that, before you sat down to try to write a novel?
1: Oh, basically like the next day or something like that. I didn't, uh or maybe not as immediately the next day, but immediately I started researching. I started, uh, because I was going to write a historical romance. I thought that was, that was, I, I read so many of them in my adolescence. I thought, you know, that was what I was suited to write it. And out I was right uh, in that, in that regard. Uh, at least I knew enough uh, to, to write a proper one. Uh, uh, but again, it took me eight years to learn, uh, to teach myself how to write a story that would, that would, get published and even when i did get published it was because i i was lucky enough to figure out how to revise one particular book not because i actually learned how to write write romance per se like i had great trouble with the subsequent three books uh uh that my editor basically had to like you know just say no you, you can't do this you have to do this and it was only after that i think i finally got you know a, a proper understanding of story structure uh even though at the time I may not have even known to call his where to finally get an idea, okay, so this much change happened, this kind of dramatic change, you know, not just like not just like take one issue and keep going with it, you know, the substance of the story, the, of the conflict has to escalate, all that good stuff. And so I'm
0: curious about that eight-year period. What what were you um what were you learning during that period and and what kept you going? I mean, you said that normally you uh if you pursue something and you're not, you know, if, if you don't like it, you just drop it. Uh, what, what kept you going? Because that's that's kind of an amazing thing to suddenly just announce one day or decide. I could write better than this this novelist that I've read before who's on the New York Times bestseller list. And then you spend eight years. What were you do, doing during that time in terms of teaching yourself?
1: Uh, well, one thing was that I had another child also during that time. So I, I was also busy raising children, and I was um, mostly writing in my uh, spare time, uh, such as it could be scraped when you were stay at home mother with young children. Um, and uh, and and I guess I must have been really having fun writing those stories, because otherwise, why would I persist? Right? Uh, uh, it's been so long that I'm a published writer, and writing is a job, and you is something you need to do. You have sometimes have to push yourself Um uh, I don't think I had any of that. Um, really in a way ignorance was a bliss i didn't know like there was flaws in my story structure i didn't know there was things i could have done much much better i just like i just set up and came up with words and and what well, i called it day, and and it was good and i enjoyed myself and i wanted to keep doing it so uh so it was uh, when i when i told my husband i wanted to do it was because i wanted to make some money but then I decided I want to make money doing this. And then I kind of fell in love with with writing stories. Um, so I always said that this is kind of like, you know, the the historical romance trope, the arranged the arranged marriage. You know, you fall in love later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels, given what you just told us about that eight-year journey and now, um, and as you mentioned, the the feedback that you got on your um your next four novels from your editor uh given the the time that you're at now with having the successful mystery series as well as historical romances that you have had published what writing advice would you offer
1: uh, it's hard to say because writing advice uh how people write is such a individual thing uh how people not only write how they work how they uh storm uh how they uh, structure their working life for, for creators, it's such a individual thing. Uh so uh and 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 someone like me, if I have trouble writing, I go read. Uh whereas other people uh if they they do not read other people's uh, uh fictional output when they are drafting. Um so it's it's really hard to to give like generic advice. Uh sure so so, I would just I'm just gonna have to say what worked well for me. Uh, what worked what worked, what worked well for me has been to, uh, one to finally learn story structure because because my strength was in conflict and not plotting. So when I finally figured out uh, you know how the plot needed to move in combination with conflict, that's when uh, it became much easier. That's when I no longer needed to throw away. Whole drafts of novels and start from scratch. Um, and another is for people to basically um, become confident in themselves. Um, I feel like a lot of times writers suffer simply because they're not confident in their own process. Uh, my process is messy, but I'm okay with it. And um, like, it is what it is. I do not have story vision to know what it is from the beginning, everything from the beginning. So I have to write you know, several exploratory drafts to reach the end, and then I have to bulk this draft up. And that's just my process. It's, uh, it's not good, but it works. And I, I don't angst about it. I think a lot of times people angst over their process because they want to have somebody else's process. They want to write better. They want to write with less struggle. Uh, whereas, you know, if if they just use their process and they just go through the same speed and struggle they could at least come up with like regular output um uh, and don't have to relearn whole processes at the same time um so yeah um just those two and of course i always tell people to read as much uh of the best stuff in their genre as they can because even if you're not going to ever write like that you at least uh, uh, have somewhere to aid have a higher place to aim.
0: well what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed
1: I um I actually because um the seventh Lady Sherma book since since I since I don't know what's gonna happen to each one, I only have a very general outline or premise or you know, location sometimes uh, uh when I start. So this one all I knew was for well, the next Lady Shermack, not this one coming out but I'm working on now. I just you know I wanted to take place on a steamer or like a steamship of some kind, uh, a yacht or a steamship of some kind. And uh, and that is it like not a terribly good way to start because you know <laughs> except except for for your for your setting you don't know anything else so i wrote a twenty thousand thirty thousand 30,000 word draft and realized uh there's so many things i want to change about what choices i would made so it was time to stop so then i went and read uh agatha christie's uh where a death on an Nile, uh which is a story that takes place uh on a boat more warn us and uh and I was just—it's been a while since I read Agatha Christie, and I think the last few I've read of hers were like what she wrote in her old age, uh, left behind for to discuss to, to publish posthumously. So, so to go back to Agatha Christie at her prime, it's like wow, what a joke! Uh, it was she was so good at what she did. Everything was so economic, um, you know. All the threads were woven together so beautifully, and uh, so it's it's I enjoyed it a lot, and so now I you know have something to aim for <laughs> in terms of writing my own uh my own uh, story about
0: well, well, you mentioned that you wrote historical romances, and now you've written <clears throat> you're working on the seventh novel in this mystery series, which is a historical mystery series, uh given that it's set during the the original time of Sherlock Holmes. I'm curious. Have you thought ahead in terms of um, ideas for contemporary mysteries or or thrillers?
1: Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> I have. I, I. Not that there's anything I,
0: wrong with uh, historical. Not no that no, there's
1: <laughs> wrong with. It. See the the one one main thing I love about historical uh, uh writing in the historical writing. Uh, mysteries in the historical era is that i don't have to know any modern day crime detection technology <laughs> true i don't have to know i don't have to know how uh how uh police departments actually work i don't have to know uh anything about cell phones and cell phone tracking i don't have to i don't have to know anything and i don't have to come up with an environment where I artificially take all <laughs> 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 i don't have to know anything about uh, fingerprinting like technology you know like uh it's the uh, I don't know any of those things except, you know, how to uh like whatever basic uh uh chemistry that they had at the time to detect uh to detect poison and to know like body uh how not body takes to decompose uh, to, like to determine uh time of death and stuff right. like that. So uh, so that's one thing that actually stands that's a large thing that's dead in my way of perhaps writing anything set in the contemporary era. Whereas sure. I have no such convictions about writing an occasional contemporary romance. Because, <laughs> because there's not that big uh, technical leap. Uh, right, yeah. right.
0: Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels?
1: Um, they can find me, uh, my website is sherrythomas.com. My, uh, Facebook is author Sherry Thomas. Uh, I'm just at Sherry Thomas on Twitter and Instagram. I have hardly ever update.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm actually not, I actually don't update much in any of uh, my, um, uh, my social media is just there as like another email account or something in case people on the platform wish to contact me. But my Instagram is, uh, writer Sherry Thomas, at writer Sherry Thomas. So, uh, so. I hope people are not uh, looking for a very beautiful, curated uh, social media presence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Sherry Thomas, author of the new novel, Miss Moriarty, I presume, the sixth novel in the Lady Sherlock mystery series. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Sherry, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you for having me. Have a lovely time.
0: Great. Wonderful.